Hey everybody, it's Andrew from RoadTunes Reviews, and this episode was taken from a live stream that Cy Shackleford and I did on YouTube where we reviewed Nas's epic debut album, Illmatic. Hope you enjoy. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Orange Line Condo. If you're in the market for a condo in the DC metro area, you have to go with Orange Line Condo. Realtor Sean Battle has over 15 years of selling properties and is licensed in both the DC and Virginia area with Century 21 Redwood Realty. Sean has also been a top producer with the National Association of Realtors annually since 2005 and has been awarded yearly Century 21's Top Agent Awards for sales and quality service. Sean is also not only a good friend of mine, but he is a great guy and a realtor that is in your corner. If you are in the market for real estate, don't hesitate. Call Sean Battle now and get your dream home. For more information and to schedule an initial consultation, visit www.orangelinecondo.com or call 703-999-8108. That's Hi, what's up, man? Glad to have to be back, Andrew. Happy to be back. How you doing, bro? Good, man. Glad to have you back. Times have been really, really crazy, man. Oh yeah, post election, we we got a new president elect, and this ass clown's about to be forcibly removed from the office since we all know he don't want to leave. Dude, it's been a total <laughs> clown show. <laughs> it has been. Yeah, the circus is finally leaving town, though. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good thing. Um, Man, this album we're about to review is such an epic hip-hop album. It's like a top five in every hip-hop review list for the past for the past 25 years now, really. Yeah. Top five or top ten. Even like the most lyrical rappers out there, both mainstream and underground, they always cite it as one of their influences. Yeah. And, I mean, Nas is just such a heavy hitter, man. Like He, he is. And he was a 19 or 20-year-old during this when this album was put out. Yeah. And it was put out during a time when New York rap was floundering and and the West Coast G-Funk era was pretty much taking over the airwaves on MTV. But this album, along with Biggie's Life After, I mean, uh, Ready to Die, Wu-Tang Clan's Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers and Black Moon's Enter the Stage. That was like a renaissance for New York East Coast hip hop revival. Yeah, man. And and it, like so many heavy hitters are also involved in the production of this album. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's a varied production, very varied. At a time where like hip hop albums had only just one producer, and that formula is still is still tried and true today, but this is one of the first albums I've seen where it's like the producers were as varied as the sounds that they created. Yeah, I mean like MC Search, like a Search executive produced the record and he's the one that discovered Nas too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, if you ever see um his interview with Vlad um, check it out on YouTube, like VLAD TV. Or MC Search? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good one where he goes into like talking about, um, I guess he had some feud with like MC Hammer, like MC Hammer, like put out a hit on him or something. Or... Apparently so. Cause third base, his group that he was with him, Pete Nice and DJ Richie Rich, they had a song called the gas face on their debut album, the cactus album. And, uh, they were given various people, the so-called gas face talking about your wax. So you get the gas face and hammer was a recipient of it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean DJ Premier. I mean, like, that, if you get a Premier beat on your album, you good. You're yeah, good. that's solid right there. Yeah, 
And then, uh, of course, Q-Tip showing up and a large professor. Main source of Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Uh, Pete Rock from Pete Rock and CL Smooth. I was doing some research into to this album, some of the songs, and, and um, Nas was saying that he was just so blown away that Q-Tip would help produce a song on his album. Like, And he used to hang out, you know. Them being from Queens and all, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, and then it's just, you know, crazy to see all the the stuff Q-Tip has done. I mean, like, he's just had such an incredible career as well. I mean. Oh, he has, man. He slept on as a producer, too. Seriously. I mean. Yeah. His, his album that he put out, his sophomore album in 2008 called The Renaissance, where he self-produced most of it. And I think there may have been a Jay Dilla track on there, too, somewhere, maybe. But the production on there was like, wow. And it's a testament to it. He even has, like, an MPC sampler covering his face on the album cover, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's, you know. Let's let's jump into this man and, and talk about it. Um, you know, this album was you know re- recorded and released in in April. I think it was April nineteenth, nineteen ninety four. Yes, it was. And um, the pro- the producers, like we just said, Faith Newman. Yeah, she was an A and R rep at Columbia at the time. Um, MC Search when he he discovered Nas right, and he included Nas yeah. on his song "Back to the Grill." Posse cut on Search's solo album from ninety two, "Return of the Product." And Nas stole the show on that song, and search, so much so the search wanted wanted to get him a record deal, help him out. He shopped his deal to Def Jam, his own label. But Russell Simmons and Leor Cohen were like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, we don't want to sign this dude. He sounds too much like Cool G Rap." And so then he brought it over to Faith Newman, who he knew, and she wouldn't let him leave the building until they had a deal for Nas. Yeah, yeah, the, and um, you know. I would DJ Premier. I mean, some of the stuff that he brings to the record. I mean, the the beats, the scratching. He, I mean, he's he had, just he had like three tracks on here that he produced. Yeah, yeah, he, that's his trademark: the scratching, the 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 one or two bar type of beat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you you just know a primo beat when you hear it. Yeah, yeah, um, and then um, Pete Rock, who I didn't know too much about kind of coming into this episode um the chocolate boy wonder yeah <laughs> yeah he's a dj too um mm-hmm. he's and, heavy he's cousin to heavy d from heavy d and the boys okay yeah yeah um i didn't know much about him but he i think i forget which song he's on but we'll, well the world is yours the world is yours yeah um and then les um from a beat nuts yeah yeah so um that's cycle les my bad that's cycle les and then this album was recorded um, in a bunch of different places, you know, Battery, Unique, Chung King, and then D&D, D&D Recordings. That's Premier Studio, yeah. Yeah, that's a big um, kind of a landmark studio in it, New York City. It is. It's like it's like the, uh, the 5150 studio that Eddie Van Halen owned in California. Yeah. And then uh, the album was released on Columbia mm-hmm. Records. Um, this album artwork, man, it's so cool. Like it, it is. I mean, Nas's face as a child superimposed over the projects that he grew up in in Queensbridge. Yeah, that inspired a lot, really. And people say that Biggie got the idea for his debut album cover five months later from this, where he had a his baby daughter in a diaper just in the center of the cover. Okay. Yeah, and then it was this, this album cover was inspired by actually a jazz. Um, 1974 jazz album hanger trios mm-hmm. uh record a child is born the album artwork on that where it's essentially a child's face superimposed on Which, the back there was a background i forget what the background is but nas took that as an inspiration which makes sense considering his dad was a jazz musician yeah yeah i didn't even think about that right yeah right and um 
So I think the I think the uh, the picture was taken when he was seven years old. Yeah, taken by his father, who I believe is in the mil- was in the military serving. He was in the military serving, but he was also and also working as a jazz musician. That also took him on the road a lot. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and uh, I think the artwork was done by a lady named Amy McCauley. Yeah, that's what I found too. And um, yeah, it's really cool though. I mean, um, it, it definitely represents where he's he's from and he's he's always been very upfront about that like he doesn't try to pull any punches about it's no no frills really it's like he doesn't take a bombastic stage name neither it's just Nas or nasty Nas. nasty like, Nas, yeah <laughs> that was his like original moniker uh-huh yeah i mean he's still he he doesn't he may not go by that professionally but he don't mind if you call him that yeah and um yeah that the, i was i was um I was reading about the music videos that he do, he does, and uh, he would always shoot them, you know, uh, you know, in his in in Queens, mm-hmm. you know, in the projects, and and some of the record labels were like, were a little uneasy about that. They didn't they didn't like it. They were like, you know, you should do more like fancy look. But he's like, no, he's like, this is what I'm about. This is who I am. This is where I'm from. That changed his second album though, when he had the song "Street Dreams," that was a homage to Casino by Martin Scorsese. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, this is um, this is a solo debut. Sold over, I think, to date, two million copies. To date, yeah, and initially it went gold upon its initial release. Yeah, considered an East uh, Coast hip hop classic, and really a revival of alter- alternative hip hop. It was cool to be lyrical again. I mean, Nas he implied he applied metaphors, uh, multi syllable rhyme schemes. Um, uncommon similes at the time, and his flow his flow was uncommon too. I mean, the closest thing we had to that at all in all of hip hop, East Coast or whatever, was Rakim. Yeah, and Rakim had had just dropped his final his follow his final group album with Eric B three years earlier. Don't sweat the technique back in nineteen ninety one. Yeah, yeah, and the the name Illmatic was a, was kind of an interesting story behind that. Mm-hmm was a reference to one of his friends. I think uh, his name was um, Illmatic Ice, who is, uh, I think he's in jail, but um, it was kind of an, uh, an homage or... Paying homage to him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. So let's get into the tracks, man. Let's let's dive into this. So we'll go into the first one, the, the Genesis. Genesis. And um, yeah, it, it sounds, uh, it opens up with like a, a sample of uh, train, you a know, train, yeah, and train like, tracks, and and somebody saying, "You're never gonna, you're never gonna go nowhere. Stop fucking around and be a man." That's from the movie Wild Style. Okay, yeah, a seminal hip hop, hip hop movie. Yeah, Wild Style and Style Wars. Wild Style was about the break dancing, really. Style Wars is more about the graffiti aspect of hip hop. Okay, yeah, both are good films, so yeah, and it, it's really a, like this sounds like a almost like a dialogue between him and his like his friends in an apartment room i'm assuming or something like that yeah where it's like yo what's this bullshit we hear on the radio now son yeah and then um you know it sounds like they're they're counting money so there could be some maybe something illicit going on maybe yeah i mean i mean what's it called it's not it's not unheard of in the projects yeah yeah and uh and um so I mean, he he, he kind of hints to his lifestyle, like mm-hmm. how he how he's grown up and how the drugs have kind of riddled the his neighborhood. And despite being in his late teens, he has like a he has a maturity and like a, a knowledge just beyond his years. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's almost like he grew up a little too fast. Right? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, which was which was funny considering he was he was a school dropout. Yeah, and he kind of he he hints to that. I think probably in, I think it was like the um, might might be the fourth track, Memory Lane. I think where he talks about that. Five, but yeah, five or uh, four. I think or I think it's six. Six, six, six. six, six yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's five is halftime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, he just. It's kind of an intro, and uh, it's pretty cool. I like how he kind of samples in the, the the train tracks and the and the trains and and it's and it's one of, it's one time where the where a skit where a non rapping skit actually serves a purpose. Yeah, like the album intro. I mean, other rappers, other East Coast rappers were doing it. Like De La Soul, their skits they invented the skit pretty much, and their skits always serve a purpose. Yeah, and um, it kind of sets the tone. I mean, this is like where it all starts, right? Where like, it starts. Yeah, this is a New York rap record. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously the trains, right? And the, like the metro. The, mm-hmm. the, that's, yeah. like a, that's like a staple of an NYC life. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, you know, you get kind of the, I feel like you kind of get a hardcore aspect in the lyrics when you look at it. It is it is hardcore hip hop, definitely. Yeah. He's like, Nas, yo, Nas, man, shit is mad real right now. Mm, projects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, they're kind of talking trash about different rappers like crab ass rappers yeah they're not saying anybody specific but what's it called yes yeah, it's, it's that's the battle mentality that a lot of those rappers came up in at the time yeah all right so let's jump to the next track it's the new york state of mind this is dj premier produced this yeah nas let word has that nas he did the first verse all in just one take wow yeah yeah just um one whether he wrote whether he wrote it all out though i don't know but either way just one take that's that's that's, that's impressive, impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah very impressive and this uh the the sampling is like ahmad jamal as we sampled for the beat yeah the the, the beats like it's it's hard the baseline it's it, dark the baseline's like i feel like it's it's like high kind of higher it's not a low baseline it's like a little bit higher like tuned to it but it works like it just makes it sound even more hardcore yeah. and plus you know? the, and the piano sample too in there as well yeah the piano sample is just uh it's awesome it, it adds to the overall urban paranoia of the of the of the soundscape that premiere creates yeah and for nas just go in on where he makes references to scarface uh monkey flipping with a funky rhythm i'd be kicking See, and that's back-to-back polysyllable rhyme schemes right there and, that, and that's that's skill yeah I mean, really see the 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 artistry and the craft, like the craftsmanship of him being, uh, you know, a really good songwriter, yeah, songwriter and lyricist. Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> I think it it really does touch on a lot of the gang war kind of aspect in in you know Queens and New York City and yeah, definitely, especially if you grew up in like the inner city areas and whatnot. There are things that they've seen that that I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a it's a bad situation, the drug war. It um, is. I mean, like, and that that was a theme throughout the early '90s too. Talking about like when they go through black inner cities and whatnot, they always used to talk about like the violence, the death, the negative aspects. And then what happened? '95 Friday came out and made all that funny. <laughs> Turning, uh, you know, yeah, right. You could either laugh or you could cry. Yeah, turn the funny part. Look at the funny parts of the hood too. There is some funny parts in there. <laughs> um. But again, this is Nas not pulling any punches. This is just raw. It's out there. I mean, it's it's he is he is very raw. Like the line where he says the classic line in New York State of Mind where he says it drops deep as it does in my breath. I never sleep because sleep is a cousin of death. 
Dozen my breath, cousin of death. It's like, wow, you yeah. thought to rhyme those together. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the lyrics here, holding an M16, see with the, see pen. With the pen, I'm extreme. He loves Scarface. He does. He references Scarface a lot on the record. Yeah. And there's even a song title essentially named after, uh, the, you know, the world, the world is yours, yours the yeah. globe. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. But the, the references to the M16 and definitely, I think, the gang violence, the nine, the nine millimeter. And it should be noted also that like years after this came out, when was it? I think it was 05, I think, as I was finishing college. They did a remake of New York State of Mind. They called it The Streets of New York. Alicia Keys was behind it, right? And it had the same beat, but it had different verses in it. It had Alicia Keys singing and also featured Rakim on the track, too, during the last verse. Okay. Yeah, and it's like, okay, Nas and Rakim on the same track. This is... Okay, this is this this is worth a listen, <laughs> worth a few listens. Yeah, exactly. So we'll go to the next one, track number three, and that is "Life's a Bitch." Very, um, very smooth jazz feel to this track, as opposed to the boom bap of the previous of the previous track. Yeah, I, I like how he mixes the jazz mm -hmm. and hip hop together, and a little bit of R and B there too. The which R is yeah, the R and B is more prevalent to me though. Yeah, I yeah. Like, and I like the mix. Yeah, and I think it's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of a um, an ode to maybe his father as well, who was a jazz musician, and his his dad actually plays a part on this song, an instrumental part. Plays a plays a cornet or the trumpet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. It's, um, yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. I like how how he um, him and his dad kind of collaborate. Yeah, they do collaborate. Yeah, I mean, Nas has touched on his feelings about his dad personally on other songs. Like, Papa was a player on a, what was it? The Lost Tapes, the first volume of The Lost Tapes that came out back in 2002, I think. Yeah. He goes about his father, how he was, he wasn't faithful to his mother, but it's cool. Those cool, though. I got the same traits. The, uh, so there's a guest on that, on this track. It's AZ from, Bro from Brooklyn. Yeah. He's, yeah. The, he's the only guest on Illmatic actually. And, and he got a record deal off this, off just his one verse. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think he, he just sings the, oh, he has no, a he, couple, no, couple he raps, no, he raps the first verse in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, his name is like Anthony Cruz. I think is like his, his, his real name, his government name. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, He's, I, a, he's a good MC. I got several of his records. My favorite by him is uh, Asiatic from 2002. Okay. Yeah, that was... That was so he, his career actually took off after... I don't... I, well... After he, being on this record. He had a career. Put it like this. He's not a million seller. He's more like, like, a, like a Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? Yeah. Like you won't, ever, you won't ever command $20 million of film, but you'll always have work. Yeah, he's he's just he's grinding it out. Like he's just he's one of those guys that's prolific. He's putting out a lot of records, respected yeah. and sought out. Yeah, yeah. Um, the beats produced by Les. Um, oh, I keep confusing Les with Psycho Les from the Beat Nuts. <laughs> I can't help it. And he grew up with Nas in Queensbridge, so uh, which is surprising considering Les means the Lower East Side of Manhattan. I did, I didn't know that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what his name his producer name means, but when New Yorkers talk about Les Lower East Side is what they're talking about. Right, right, okay. And I feel like this song is really uh, social commentary on kind of life in uh, maybe life in general, and also like like life in the hood, but life in general really is like yeah. life's a bitch and then you die. That's why you get high and puff lie. Right, and like it's kind of like. Uh, a carpe diem kind of statement like you you better live life to your fullest and take advantage of it because one day it can be snatched from you and he and then nazanese appear to accept that yeah um 
but I, I just, again, I like it. I like this song. It's, it's, um, I, f- I feel like it's kind of a sleeper track on the album. Um, but really again, goes back to how he's just mixing different genres of, of, you know, R and B, you know, hip hop. Yeah. R and B and jazz, jazz mostly. Yeah. I mean, East coast hip hop record, it's bound to be, it's bound to be sample based in the beats. Yeah, I mean, and also you're getting that flavor in New York, right? New York yeah. City, where you have tons of different influences musically. And, and, and then boom bap, that, that's like traditional 90s New York style hip hop, really. And there are still plenty of people now that still that still try to try to emulate that style. Yeah. Which, which is cool, which is cool. I mean, it's timeless for me. Yeah. So we go to uh, the next track, The World Is Yours. And that's track number four. This track is a, a nod to um, Brian De Palma's Scarface. Scarface. Mm-hmm. Rappers love Scarface, and Scarface was a box office failure when it came out. But thanks to hip hop, it got new life in it. Yeah, I mean, like, did you ever see the the Scarface 20th anniversary uh, special edition where they have like where Def Jam? See this right here, <laughs> where Def Jam produced it, and they had a bunch of rappers talk about the influence of Scarface on on hip hop culture. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing about that is that um, Brian De Palma... And Nas included. He was on that video, too. Yeah. Brian De Palma, the director of the film, was like, I never thought it would ever kind of become this cult classic film and embraced by so many different people, you know, Mm -hmm. and have this kind of cult following. Um, Oliver Stone, too, wrote that script. While he was high on coke. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me, but <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if, if what's his face, uh, Al Pacino, if that coke on the mountain, the mountain of coke that he dove his face into, if that was real. I know, method acting, right? Or, uh, uh, well, he was a method actor, so yeah, yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, so <laughs> the world of yours, for, for those who haven't seen Scarface, it's essentially, a, it's on a statue in front of, in you know, in Tony Montana, Al Pacino's mansion. It's essentially in like uh, right in front of the staircase, and you see it, you know, at the end of the film when when Scarface when he's killed when he's killed. But um, you know, you you uh, you see it, um, you know, a couple more times. But it, it's like it really stands out. It's a model, really, like Tony's model, because he saw it after he killed Frank Lopez, and then goes back to says, "Come on," so goes back to Frank's wife, talking about, "Come on, baby, get your stuff." And he looks out <laughs> the window and sees the blimp. The world is yours. Yeah, and he looks at it like. Yeah, it is mine. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like it's like kind of a uh, a motto for uh, you know being successful, you know, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. and being confident and ambition and it is. And hip hop runs with that, really. That's why hip hop loves gangster motifs for so much. The whole the whole go getter attitude, even if it is by illicit means. Yeah, just the principle behind it, I guess. Yeah. So, um, and the thing I, I, I um, another thing I really like about this song is the. Um, you know the sampling, the piano piece. Mm-hmm. We get we get more of that, I guess, in this track. Uh, there was some of it in New York State of Mind, but um, I like how uh, uh, DJ Pete Rock, Pete is, Rock, yeah, is is scratching at the at the end. It's crazy. It's it's really it's, it's really like, good. It is. It's like it's like he just turned the turntable to an instrument. It's almost like a DJ. I mean, it's pretty much a DJ solo at well, the he, end. Yeah, he, the, I mean, and he was a DJ. Yeah, and still yeah. is to, to some degree. Yeah, it does pay homage to all the boroughs of NYC, even Staten Island, which was really a forgotten borough. So much so that other rappers, when they would shout out NYC, they would just leave Staten out. Yeah. And what's it called? I think in this song, there's a line in there that goes, 
My motto used to be fuck tomorrow. I used to spend the buck, instead of spending that buck on a bottle, spend that buck on the lotto. I think it was in this song or Life's a Bitch. But either way, now I know where Eminem got that line from when he did, when he was in the battle scene in 8 Mile. Okay. The second battle near the end of the film where he ends it off with, my motto, fuck lotto. I'll get the seven digits from your mother for a dollar tomorrow. I'm like, you must have got that from Nas. Yeah. I mean, he's got to be an inspiration for a lot of yeah, so, hip-hop artists out there. So many people, so many hip-hop artists, like even even one of the most wackest MCs out there, they may have a little bit of Nas in them the same way most music records have James Brown in them. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, I, again, going back to what you said at the end of the song, the he's paying homage to the boroughs of New York City. He's, I mean, he's calling them out. He's like, Queens, the world is yours. Staten, yeah. Brooklyn, Boogie Down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. That was dope. Yes, it was. And it's nice because it's not like he's... He doesn't nobody neither. It's yeah. just like one, all New York, one New York or whatever. Yeah, it's a lot of pride. And and it's yeah. not not like how it was in the 80s when, what's it called, with KRS-One representing the Bronx and uh, and uh, the Juice Crew, who, were, who most of them were from Queensbridge. Yeah. And the, the, the whole bridge wars, the bridge is over, South Bronx, where Queensbridge basically lost. I got shut down after that. Yeah. And in many ways, Nas coming out, it's like a resurrection of Queensbridge. Yeah, and I mean, it, it it was tough for him. I mean, I, I think he lost uh, a pretty close friend. Uh, Ill Will. Ill Will, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough stuff. Um, but he does, I mean, he does He does say um, he pays homage, homage to him, I believe, in, uh, I believe it's in um, Halftime. Yeah, yeah, Halftime. Yeah, which is the next track. And there's a lot of things. I mean, this is probably my favorite. Um, it's probably my favorite. A track on this album just because I, I love the beats i mean it it was a single too i think it was the, it was a single yeah after the world is yours i think the b-side of that i think and it was included in the 1992 film zebrahead where, where michael rapaport starred in it was, yeah. it was it was his first movie role actually and it's cool that he named it halftime because it is essentially it's the fifth song like of a 10, ten track trend track album yeah yeah which i think that's kind of cool that's that's it's placement the right placement at least yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i mean halftime obviously it's the the yeah. the, uh, the end of the first half of a, of of a, a game, game you know whether that be a basketball or a football game but um it's just cool i yeah. like stuff like that like he, he does have historical references too i mean and and because you think he dropped out of middle school people think he won't know nothing but nah he's a he's a well-read dude i mean I remember an MTV special or VH1 special I saw when I was in college, right? Where, like, what's it called? Even though people were talking about his people. Like, yo, Nas was the smartest dude in the hood, son. Even though he dropped out, he was always reading, coming out with new words like cranium, son. That's not an exaggeration. That was really said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he really, uh, for somebody, like you said, who dropped out of, of high school, has a has a very strong command of of language and words and very and strong writing lyrics and and creative too. I mean, I mean, I mean later later tracks later on what we see on his later albums, what he does like "I Gave You Power" or "Rewind," those are brilliant conceptually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so going back to going back to this song here, halftime. Um, you know, we hear his original mo- uh, moniker in the beginning of the song. He says "Nasty Nas." Mm-hmm. Um, this song was produced by a large professor of main source. Yeah. And also <clears throat> Nas got to start with the main source as well, too. The live at the barbecue album on main sources, uh, breaking Adams record from 1991, where he had that line where he said streets disciple. 
I, when I was 12, I went to hell for snuffing Jesus. Yeah, and that line stole the show, and that's what got Nas noticed, really. So in a way, having Large Professor produce his track for him on his debut album is like full circle. Yeah. And there's a lot of different references made to musicians like Jackson 5. Yeah, yeah. And then activists as well, like uh, you know Malcolm X, Marcus like, Garvey. On the streets, you, you never catch me without a ton of reefer. That'd be like Malcolm X having jungle fever. <laughs> yeah, that line is sick. And mm -hmm. like again, going back to what you said um, about Nas dropping out of high school, mm -hmm. there, you wouldn't think that he would know a lot about history or uh, being a, you know being such an artist, being able yeah. to do all these different things yeah. that he does in his songs. There's a stereotype about the high school dropout. It's like the, you automatically think they're morons once you hear they dropped out. But I know two people that dropped out of high school, and they're some of the smartest people I know, actually. <laughs> so don't sleep on Yeah, exactly. Don't sleep on a high school dropout. They could be geniuses. <laughs> but, uh, man, the beat on this song, oh, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's just... It's kind of one of those songs that just makes your head kind of it, it does kind of yeah bob, it know. does when I was making mixtapes in college right like uh, semi professional mixtapes I included this on one of my one of my East Coast hip hop mixtape series the last one I did actually number ten yeah I had to include this one on there I included several tracks throughout the life of my life of that East Coast series I included several tracks from Illmatic on there yeah and this is uh you know going back to what we were we were talking about kind of. He, he pays homage to, uh, you know, his late friend, Ill Will. Yeah. He's Ill Will R.I.P., um, one of his friends from Queensridge. And this was the first single. And the Thief's theme, this, I think that line came in there somewhere. It was like, the Thief's theme, play me at night, they won't act right. Understandable smooth shit that murderers move with. Which and, he later made into the song, the Thief's theme. Yeah. twelve, yeah. Year, uh, Ten years later, actually. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. But I, I've heard that, that musicians... Um, you know, go back to different songs or different, maybe it was like a, a B side or something or a song they never put out. Mm -hmm. They go back to it. And then sometimes they actually end up making an actual track from that like demo or something that they had made. They do that. Way yeah. Back. Yeah. They do that. Or they rework it entirely. Like he just reworked a whole line in here into a song. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So we go to memory lane. It's my favorite track on this record. Yeah. This is, um, this is a, a definitely a, a standout, um, and it's it's cool because we hear all these different instruments. Yeah, mainly a Peebo Bryson sample though from from You're in Love. Yeah, yeah, but it's like we, we hear that organ, like that the the Hammond organ that's and the, on that. And, and then it's the, like, ooh, yeah, oh no, uh, oh, yeah, it's. It's got kind of a, a little bit of a creepy vibe to it, like our ghost like kind of vibe to it. Like the ghost of Queensbridge kind of vibe, but I don't know about creepy, but... Maybe I, not I, creepy. I, Creepy's not the right word for it. It's soulful. It's soulful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of made me think of like like soulful, like like Louisiana or something, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and but, that, uh, the way Primo flipped this sample, though, it's like, okay, this is, this is boom bap. It's kind of, it's kind of light, but still, it's still, it still hits. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, the 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 sample was like a Reuben Wilson, like oh, I guess, yeah, Reuben Wilson, yeah, yeah, a Hammond organ. Um, and then you go to the you go to the lyrics. He talks about going back to the dropping out of high school. I dropped out of Cooley High, gassed up by a cokehead, cutie pie. pie. Cooley High is a reference to the nineteen seventy five black exploitation film Cooley High. And he makes a lot of references in here, even even real life references like Kenneth Supreme McGriff. 
Supreme Team or Jamaica Queens thing. Hurdy was Alpo's son. Hurdy was King, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that that's who Supreme, he was making a million dollars a week as, as a big time drug kingpin back back in the 80s. Why is so? Why is this your favorite track? Like, is it just the the sound of it? Is the sound it... of it. Um, the way Nas's multi his polysyllable rhyme seems just just go back to back. His flow, and it's like, and like the and Premier scratched in chorus with the most dangerous MCs coming out of Queensbridge. Yeah, it's like a declarative statement. It's like okay, because a few years later you got Mob Deep, uh, Nature, Cormega. Yeah, and even even CNN to, to some degree. Yeah. Definitely a good track. Um, we'll go to our next one, One Love. And that's the seventh track. This song was produced by Q-Tip. From a tribe called Quest. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't like this one that much. And Do you think it's soft? I don't know. It's like maybe it's the the thumb piano that they use. It's like it's kind of just annoying. It like almost a, like... Like a xylophone kind of. Yeah. It's like this like ding, ding, ding thing. And, mm-hmm. like the, the, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like could they have gone a little bit? A different route with it and made it a little bit more dynamic i like it i like, you like it. it i like it for me the weakest track is probably the one after this okay yeah the okay. one i didn't the one i liked the least yeah but this one right here i guess the concept of writing a, a a letter to one of your homies in jail or whatever i think it overshadows the beat a little bit yeah yeah i think the message is probably bigger you know like like you said it's it's essentially a letter it was written I think it was written from a couple of different letters that he wrote some of his friends that were in prison. And he made a, com- a rhyme composite out of it, really. And one of the the most notable part, the person he shouts out is his boy Cormega. Yeah, his childhood friend who he had on and off beef with when he got out of jail because of a, because of the business side of things, really. Gotcha. Yeah, but as far, as far as I know, Nas and Mega, they're cool again. Yeah, that it, it, it definitely... Um... It's it's a different track. I mean, I I wish there was a little bit more from Q-Tip on this mm-hmm. one because he just kind of sings the one love. One yeah, he love. just sings the, the the chorus right, and then like I guess Nas didn't want to have that many verses on there, especially some from somebody who's already established like Q-Tip really. Because I I guess Nas wanted this to be his debut really. If he has so many, if he has all these guest features on there, it'll feel like he's making a cameo on his own record. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's mm-hmm. a good point. And a lot of rappers, they make that mistake, really. If they know they can't carry an album, they get all these guest stars up on there. It's like, okay, yeah. so where are you at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a great point. Um, but you go into the lyrics, right? Uh, Dearborn, you'll be out st- uh, soon. Stay strong. Out in New York, the same shit is going on. Mm-hmm. Let them know, like, ain't nothing changes. You went away. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, I mean... The, again, the drug war and the crime and just like all that. I mean, it's, it's, it's Ed Cox. Ed Cox is New York. Ed yeah. Cox is New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we go to track eight. One time for your mind. Um, this is the this is the track I like the least. I mean, the beat this didn't do nothing for me. It sounded out of place, even even though Large Professor produced it. Yeah. It's a it's a slow kind of groove heavy bass. It's just. I, you're right. It does seem kind of out of place. Yeah, it's uh, just it's, it's slow. It's slow and groove heavy, just like you said. It, it really doesn't. It, it doesn't hit like it doesn't hit. The other tracks hit. This one doesn't. Yeah, straight up. And I think Nas is just kind of like, maybe this was just his track where he was like, I just want to put something out there, and I don't care what. Like, I, yeah, just, just just put something together just to do it. Yeah, like, like, he, like, like fuck it. Yeah, yeah. He was just kind of messing around. He's like, all right, well. Yeah, like a throwaway track. Yeah, yeah. Like you need another track to cl- to to close out the album. 
and I, and ironically because or not close out, but you know, you just need an extra track. Like, yeah, just just to throw something in there, yeah, like a filler. Yeah, filler track. But even though the even though it's the album is considered classic, so most won't view one time for your mind as filler. But no, it kind of is for me. <laughs> but the lyrics are still great. I mean, when you look at it, when I'm chilling, I grab the Buddha, get my crew to buy beers, and watch a flick, watch a flick, Illin, root for the villain. Kind mm-hmm. of there's the root for the villain. I feel like. Could be references to the back to the Scarface again. Yes, yes, because even even I root for Tony Montana at the end, even though I know he's done all this dirt. Yeah, 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 yeah he's the anti-hero. Ant- I mean. Anti, I don't even know anti. It's like he's a he's a crazy criminal motherfucker, basically. <laughs> he, he'll go he'll go off and kill you at the drop of a hat. Yeah, if Tony Montana was real, I'd be scared to be around that dude. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we go to the next one. Uh, was it Represent? This is good. I've heard plenty of rappers rap over this one. Yeah. Um, and the thing that's funny about this track to me is it, like it hits so hard, but it's probably it just to me sounds like it's it's so stripped down. Like for for a premiere track, yeah. I mean, of all for considering the previous two tracks he did on the, on the album, this one feels as, as a more almost skeletal. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it works that way, right? It kind of just. It does. Less is more kind of situation. Yeah, less is more. I mean, the the way the beat, the drum beat is set up, the way it just hits in, the snares and whatnot, and the backdrop, it's like, okay, this does, this works, this works. It's, it's not the strongest of Premier's beats in this record, but it does work. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you look at the, the, the lyrics, right? The the corners is the hot spot, fill of criminals, who we don't, don't care, care, guzzling beers, we all stare, out-of-towners. They better break north before we get the four-pounders <laughs> and take their face off. The streets is real. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely, definitely hardcore, man. Like, yeah, Nas is a hardcore rapper, definitely. It's like he doesn't offer any... He's not he's not, he's not a, out, a rapper who, who won't have a parental advisory sticker on his record. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that one does. I mean, or this one does. You know, uh, I mean, I bought mine from what's it called from Best Buy, like right before college, actually. Yeah, just to see what all the fuss was about, and it still has the um the Best Value sticker upon it too. Best Value. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you look at the song title, represent. I mean that that represent I mean, where you come from. Yeah, he's representing. I mean, so. Um, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, what's it called? Like, you see him on the, on the, if you look at the liner notes of the album itself, he's out in the middle of the, of the park, the Queens Ridge Park, on a park bench, with a bottle of Hennessy, some cups, and a spliff, and some scuffed Timberland boots. I'm like, this is straight up '90s New York. Yeah. And if you actually go to New York, there are plenty of cats in New York City and Manhattan that still dress like that too, even though they say skinny jeans are what's in. <laughs> Which I don't get because I see a dude with, I see people with skinny jeans and Timberland boots, like, like clown shoes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm never gonna, you're never gonna see me in skinny jeans. I can just tell you that right I mean, now. I mean, I ha- I mean, I have skinny jeans, but you'll never see me wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, so we go to the last track here, and that is "Ain't Hard to Tell." Um, this was also a single. Yes. Um, the music video is pretty cool. I was watching that um, again, shot in New York City. And, and um, sampled Michael Jackson's Human Nature, just as SWV did a year before that for their song, uh, for their song on the Free Willy soundtrack, right here. Okay. Yeah. Um, the yeah that so that was the human nature. You were just saying the human nature. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's what they sampled, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's again the mixture of the R and B, the hip hop, um, and that line he said, "Nas is like the Afrocentric Asian, half man, half amazing." It's like wow, yeah, that's saying a lot. Yeah, um, 
I mean, to the to the listener, the listener who just heard them on the servers, they just throw it off. It's like, huh? There's plenty of thought in that. Huh. Yeah, and um, I think it's a good it's a good closer. I mean, it is, it is. And also, let me just say this lyrically throughout the whole album, the the lyric the lyrical composition are so strong that they actually teach it in curriculum in certain college courses now. Oh wow! I don't know That's... about I don't know about teach it, but it's like they use it as an example, like yeah. in English or like even a hip hop course in college. I'm like it's about time. Yeah, it. it I think they. I'm I'm sure they probably re- reference it in any like music class. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're studying music, like hip hop or they're, they're college they, classes. They, uh, they do now, like for actual music study classes or whatever. They they include hip hop music up in there. I mean, many people say that hip hop isn't music really because of the sample aspect of it, but nah, they're just taking a piece of music and reconfiguring it. Yeah. So yeah, man, this this album was uh, was awesome. It was. I, I I I definitely agree. It's a classic. Um, it is a classic record, no doubt. And Nas has been never never been able to duplicate it. I mean, it's not something. It's not a feat he can duplicate or even surpass. Really. How do you think it like? compares to stillmatic or like godson or it's better than those yeah it's better than those i mean because those tracks they have tracks that i skip over illmatic i don't skip over anything even even one time for your mind i don't skip over it at all so you think you think illmatic is better than stillmatic yeah i do yeah yeah and then then godson's probably more like like more main do you think it's more mainstream or i, I don't know about more mainstream i mean they had a song on there uh what's it called what was that track? made you look which was a really big single at the time, but yeah. I thought I thought Nas sound very subdued over the track. He his lyrics didn't match the energy of the beat. Yeah. The beat was better than the track, better than the lyrics. I thought, except for the remix that got put out, where where it included Jadakiss and Ludacris, and they were and they and they killed it. Yeah, but um, and Nas also had an album that came out this year called King's King's Disease, produced entirely by Hit Boy, and that was a very good album too. Well, yeah, man. Thanks for. Uh for coming to do this uh, review. Oh, I can talk hip hop all day, dude. But yeah. we'd be here all day is a thing. Well, you do you do reviews, right? For uh, I st- I still do, yeah. And I got one coming out for Aesop Rocks, a Spirit World Field Guide. Okay, and then what 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 type of like what genre is that? It's hip hop. It's like it's like alternative hip hop. Like Aesop Rock, he was part of the whole early two thousands Def Jooks that art art rap kind of thing, where he's very. <clears throat> Very stream of consciousness kind of rap, but it requires requires deep listening to understand the density of the lyrics. And he's on the Rhyme Sayers right now, the, the label that Aesop, that uh, Atmosphere is on. And Aesop, he produces all of his own all of his own material, produces all of his beats. And I got the album in the car right now, and it feels like a whole because of the whole synth aspect of the production. It has like a creepy vibe to it, like Stranger Things. Yeah, like so. What what would happen if like Stranger Thing Things met hip hop? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That yeah. that does sound interesting. Well, hey man, thanks for doing this. And we're going to be doing uh more of these live shows. We'll, I hope we do another album review soon and we'll be doing a uh, another episode of the Wall of Soundtrack soon. We'll be doing The Boys, right? The Boys, yes. That that is I got plenty to say about that. So when we get to that, you'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in and uh we'll see you next time. Right, next time it is. This podcast is available on my YouTube channel, Roadtunes Reviews. It's also available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other major podcast distributors as well. So if you don't mind, please leave me some feedback. I'd really appreciate that.
If you'd like to connect with me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. My Twitter handle is at RoadTunesRevs. I'm on Instagram, and I'm also on the Untapped app. My username is BrewTuned. This is Andrew signing off. Cheers. Cheers.